What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Young Closer Podcast. Guys, it's your host, Jacob Hagerman. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, at The Real Young Closer. And guys, I have a special guest that is sitting over to my left. The most specialist. The most specialist. I've had the podcast for over a year and like three months, and for some reason, unbeknownst to me or God or anybody in this building, Everybody is... being busy all the time. Well, she's running, you know, running, you know, multi, you know, $100 million company. You know, it's just not, it's not like she can just pop up on anybody's schedule. But I have the CEO... Miss Jacqueline Elliott of the Elliott Group. Jacqueline, I'm so glad that you're finally here on this podcast with me. Thank you, buddy. I've been watching everybody from afar, and you have some really interesting guests, really cool people. So thank you for having me here. Well, I mean, you're originally, you were going to be my first guest. And then uh, right after we started the podcast, me and Ryan went to my travel spree for like six months, just gone. And so we were just doing podcasts on the road and hotel rooms, just running around, training teams. And so it's always been a little bit. developed some wings. Yeah, de- okay. developed wings, you know, flew, and then now I'm just like I got to the point where I'm like, all right, I flew, flew long Come enough. Back to mama. <laughs> yeah, Come I, back to mama. I flew long enough, and now I'm ready to just be in the office, put in the work, put in the grind, you know, and just continue to continue to elevate the skill sets here. But obviously, you know, this is the Unclosers podcast, and so if anybody doesn't know, so if I'm young and at the Young Closers podcast, I'm not, I'm like the old closer here. Well, so everybody that thinks that it's equated to age, but the deal is it could be either your age or you being young in journey, or it could be you being young in the idea that in all reality, Jacqueline, you're, you're 40 years old. 42. You're 40 years old, and at the end of the day, you're not even halfway through life yet. You still got a lot to go. No, I mean, definitely if it has to do with your attitude and if it has to do with your energy, if it has to do with your strength, if it has to do with ideas or anything, I feel like my, my mind is still young. As a matter of fact, I, I like competing with all you young folk, you know, especially when it comes to the gym and running and all that cool stuff. It's fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you're the ultimate competitor. I am extremely competitive. In a fun way, though. I like playing with people a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, there, if there's one thing that I've learned about the Elliott group is that uh, you don't put you up to a competition because you, you, you play for keeps, even if it's the smallest, simplest thing ever. I mean, that's just, you're just relentless. And, and obviously, you know, that's the reason why, you know, you and Andy are taking over every space that you guys walk into and, you know, you're the uh, demanding respect in every room that you've ever stepped in. And the deal is, it's just because you guys are the ultimate competitors. And so, you know, I, I look up to you guys, obviously, like like parents. Thank you. you know, for the record, you know, this is this is pretty much my mom at this point. You know, yes. she's she's taught me so much about you know growing up, being a man, and showing up in every area of life. That uh, that's a debt that I can't repay. You know, I, I can only just continue to show up. You know, become more God fearing, and you know, obviously deliver results for the company. But well, thank you for that, Jacob. I mean, you're definitely not. You don't act your age. You know, you're definitely a young closer. You live up to that name, but you are an old soul yes. in a young body. <laughs> and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's been awesome watching you grow. It's been awesome watching you just overcome just everything. And um, you come from a pretty interesting background as well. I mean, you're young, but you've gone through some shit. I mean, oh, you've yeah. gone through some stuff. And I think a lot of people can live their whole entire lives not going through some of the things you went through. And I think... Um, with our company and what we do and how we live, I mean, it's it's definitely a place that uh, we just we just provide a, a new beginning and uh, and you have learned to adapt and grow really fast because I think you 
went through a lot of things in your life. So, oh yeah, it's well, pretty cool. I mean, it was always a uh, it was it was a lot of pain for a lot of time early on, and then obviously you know moved to Arkansas, and then you know car business met you and Andy, yeah. and started training, and then it just. It just, it just let me know that, hey, listen, the pain was there for a reason. So then that way, like, you got it out. Like, I like to think of it like this. God put a lot of that in my you know, in the beginning of my story. So then the back half would be something special, you know. And then obviously I know that if something crazy again happens in my life, I'm not just going to shut down and give up and just, yeah. you know, curl up in a ball and go sit in the corner of a room and, true. Yeah. you know, pray for it to be easy. Well, you're either going to, you're going to suffer at one point of your life. I always talk about this kind of stuff. You're either going to suffer as a child, which that happened to me as well. I had a very bad childhood growing up and, um, you know, and that's subjective. I, I know that other people have had worse childhoods than, than I have, or even you have, but I do believe that I did learn a lot from seeing failure growing up that now when we see things, we're overcomers. Like we learn to adapt when stuff doesn't work right, which happens in business, which happens a lot when you own a business and when you have a team, especially in everything, you're going to run into things, into problems, and you learn to adapt because you're either going to suffer as a child or as an adult. You might have an easy life as a child. And then when you become an adult, it might not even be that big of a deal, but you will feel it really hard as if you oh, yeah. did because you don't know how to endure pain. A hundred percent. Like I, I always say this, it's on the other side of the corner. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just don't rest on your laurels because uh, the second you do, you know, you're sitting down, that's when you get hit the hardest. And so you just got to stay up, be ready. But, you know, obviously with, with one thing that I always like to talk about is how everybody started because, you know, we, we see, you know, if, if we look at the LA group now, yeah. we're killing it, massive building. We're, we're adding millions and millions of dollars worth of new buildings. Yeah. Everybody's driving nice cars at the group. Everybody's, you know, got, you know, money in the bank. Everybody's doing very well because of the impact that we've provided. It wasn't always like that, though. Exactly. And so that's what I want to talk about because yeah. I, I, I like, let, let's go to the genesis of Jacqueline. Yeah. And so, like, I don't want to talk about, you know, the car business. I don't want to talk about the beginning of the LA group. I want to talk about, you know, because you weren't always like this to the extent. No. And this is something I've always wanted to know. Yeah. Like Jacqueline in high school, Jacqueline in middle school, Jacqueline when she transitioned out of that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so you've seen movies like, you know, Never Been Kissed and you've seen all of those kind of stories. I mean, yeah. I, I think that, you know, as a child, I mean, I always felt like I was... I was different than other kids. I always had friends. I always hung out with the with the cool kids, I guess. But I felt like I was always different. Like, but just I mean, my parents, you know, they got divorced when I was very young. I was five years old, um, and it was it was really interesting because back then, I mean, I was born in 1981. I mean, it was in I came from a huge family. My mom was one of 14 kids. My dad was one of 12. So, um, my parents were the first to divorce in all of their families. And wow. And it was kind of one of those things where I was born in, like, in East San Jose, but it was, like, the worst part of town during gangbanger time. Like, it was, like, it was not, you're not stuck outside wearing blue, red, or anything because it was just yeah. one of those things. Come inside when the lights are on, when the, when, the, uh, when the street lights are on. Oh, my God. I mean, I became really good at running because I had to run to school because there was so much going on that it was just crazy, like, thinking of survival at that age of, like, I was running to school at six, seven, eight years old by myself, one and a half miles oh there my, and back. So, oh, my God, I didn't I mean, know that. It was, there was a lot. I mean, yeah, I'm a great runner. Yeah. And it was well, not by choice. I mean, it's just like it was. Yeah, I've always wanted to know yeah. because you've always kicked my ass running. Still will. 
Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm no, just I, I'm just no, absolutely, I'm just absolutely. But um, but yeah, so it started off that way. Um, you know, bad schools. You know, my mom was always working. She had like four different jobs, and I was uh, I was always left alone pretty much. So I had to learn to cook for myself. I had to you know everything. I always got good grades at school. Didn't do it because anybody was really supervising. I had like this fear growing up. Like, I my mom was never really like around but I was always like trying to make her proud like I always wanted to make sure that she knew I was the best student I mean I remember one day I came home with an A minus on my report card and she looked and she my mom has a like she has an elementary school education she didn't go to school she's from a really small town in Mexico they didn't have any electricity or anything that's why there's 14 kids you know I'm just saying that's all they did and uh so you know I came home with a report card. My parents were already divorced and it had an A minus on there. And I remember showing her that and she said, hey, this is not a clean A. I want clean A's. And she made me feel like shit for bringing one A minus home. Everything else had A's, but there was one A minus. And I was like, man. So I just felt like I always was trying to be like that perfectionist or trying to be like make her like you know, give her some type of acceptance for me, like as a, as a daughter, yeah, make her never, proud, make her proud. Yeah. That, and it, it just never happened. It was just kind of one of those things. Um, but she was always working, so she was never around. So I just like, she was, she was different with me and everything. And, um, I can't say she was a worse, she was a worse mom in the world, but like, it was one of those things where I was always trying to make her proud. Yeah. So your, your mom was somebody that you were trying to make proud of. Was your dad somebody with just like crazy unconditional love? Well, I, well, living with my mom, I was there for, for a while and then I ended up moving with my dad. But one thing I did learn from my mom is that she had incredible work ethic. Like she had four different jobs. She never missed a day of work. She was always home when she was tired and all that. She wasn't there, to yes, take, she was. but she was always there at work. And one thing I did notice that was really, really good is, you know, I'm Mexican. I mean, I was in the worst part of town and, um, later on my, uh, I had a little sister, you know, my mom got pregnant, you know, and I had a little sister that I had to take care of. And I had to drop her off on the way to school. I would run to school, okay? But then I had to run with a baby to school, okay? Because it was my mom's kid. I ended up being that mom for oh, my sister. And I dropped her off at these uh, people's houses, you know, that they used to watch my, my sister. And they basically lived on food stamps. Like, they would have stacks of food in front of their houses, and they'd sit and watch TV, like, all day long, and they didn't work or anything. Mm. I went to school with their kids, basically. So I would get off of school. I would go and pick up my, my sister, who was baby she had like she always had a rash and i would run home but like pee running down from her just like crying because i felt so bad and i was like man these people are lazy all they do is get help from the government and they they don't work and i and my mom's over here she doesn't pay attention to me but i'm thinking like man she never got help from any i couldn't even get like reduced lunches at school because my mom made too much money which she didn't make much money at yeah. all but it was like one of those she never asked for help so when I grew up, I was like, man, if I'm going to take something with me from this experience is that, hey, I'm going to work my ass off and I'm never going to ask anybody for help. And I'm going to make sure that I never, ever have to be put in that position where I need to live that way. So I did take that with me. Now, later on, as I grew older, um, I ended up moving with my dad and living with my dad. Yeah, he was he was loving, but it was very different because my dad married a woman that was 14 years younger than him. OK, and. She, at that time, she was very jealous because I was my dad's only daughter. 
And I wasn't the one that like sat on my dad's lap and was like, Hey dad, how are you? You know, like here, give me a kiss, blah, blah, blah. Because she was always looking at me. And I was always the type of girl that didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable. So I would just basically like kind of stayed away. So I ended up kicking ass in school, but I also started getting jobs. So I picked up that work ethic from my mom, but I also tried to stay away from the house because she would try to say things about me just to kind of make me look bad in front of my dad. Um, but my dad and I, we always had a good relationship, but it's like, we always, um, like I never wanted to make anybody uncomfortable. So we were always like, I, I always just try to keep the peace. Yeah. So I was, the, I was the type of girl that was quiet, but I would go and work really hard, but I was always, yeah. I mean, whether you're shy or whether you're not, you're always going to be talking to somebody. In my case, I was talking to myself and telling myself, I'm so freaking stupid. I should have stood up for myself. I should have said, I should have said what was wrong. I should have told my dad what was going on. I should have done this. I should have done that. And then other people are like, man, like they attack. So I learned this growing up. Like, like I say whatever the hell is on my mind now. And I don't hold back because I held back for so much of my life yeah. that I held so much of that in that I was just talking to myself constantly in that negative way that I needed to change that about me. I hated that about me. I was quite, I was an introvert, but I did see my dad. And one thing that I learned from my dad, my mom had the good work ethic, but my dad did too. But my dad was not one that had like a nine to five job. My dad was an entrepreneur. Like he my dad came from a very wealthy family and actually ended up marrying my mom, who was from a very small town. And the way we ended up in, in California is that they went on a honeymoon, ended up loving it. They had family there. My grandfather was actually born in the States, but they moved to Mexico as a kid. So it was easy for them to get like their, their, you know, their whole like you yeah. know, situation with residency and then citizenship and all that was easy for my family because of, you know, my mom. But my dad left Mexico to go to the States and he went from having a very wealthy family and they all basically, my grandfather was a very, very wealthy man and they basically gave inheritance to all of the kids that were there but since my dad moved away I don't blame them because if you know I my dad would have been wealthy if he would have stayed in Mexico but he ended up going to the states so he was working in like lettuce fields and all the lower level jobs like working really hard and my dad was like what the hell am I doing so when my parents got divorced he moved back to Mexico but by the time he moved back to Mexico all the brothers were set. They had their businesses going and everything. And I understand that my dad should have never left Mexico. Like it was, you know, it was his fault for leaving. You know, yeah. he fell in love. He went and he met with the girl and obviously they got divorced, but then he went back. So my dad started his entrepreneur journey, like, but it had nothing to do with the family business. So he started a business and then he'd fail and then started another business, failed over and over and over and over. So we went from living in a huge, massive house to living in a smaller house to getting some nice car to living in this you know piece of shit and how I mean, going from riding uh, you know nice driving nice cars to you know having chauffeurs to riding the bus and you know going back and forth but that was really really good for me because I learned not to be afraid of failure because that was a part of my life that was 100%. a part of my identity that was a part of who I was so I grew up being very ballsy and I got cold because I didn't get that love, maternal love for my family, like for my mom. And then I couldn't really show it to my dad. So I ended up being like really to myself. But I started thinking business very, very young. So I started learning making how to make money at a as very, soon as very possible. Yeah. And I just wanted out. So I graduated high school when I was uh, I was 17 years old, went on to college, did all that stuff. But then I was like, man, I want business. I want business. So I had that business mentality since a very young, young age. So. 
And then that's what transitioned you into the car business. Well, uh, it was kind of crazy, um, crazy story. You know, um, when I moved to the States, I, I was in college in, in, uh, in Spain and then I moved to the States and I was like, okay, what do I do? Like, and I'm like, okay, do I keep going to college and you know, all this other stuff. And then I started working and I had like three jobs. And then finally, um, you know, I had, I was thinking about going to law school and notice I talked to you about this and I was like, you know, I had a bad experience, somebody in my family with my brother and all this other stuff. I'm like, dude, these people are freaking snakes. Like these guys are just like, I don't know. And there's a lot of good ones. Don't get me wrong. But there was what I experienced going through that experience in our family was just like, man, these people are just heartless. Yeah. Heartless completely. So I was like, what's the like worst place that has worst reputation ever. Right. And I ended up going to the car business and I was like, man, and I ended up freaking doing so well, but I learned so much. But that first time, I mean, I went into a dealership and I actually was in Tucson, Arizona. Dealership doesn't exist anymore. Like it was Don Mackey. Like it doesn't even exist anymore. They shut those stores down. But when I was there, um, I worked at this Cadillac stores, Cadillac, Pontiac, GMC, Saab, BMW, those half the brands you don't even know anymore because it was that long ago. Okay. So I started working there and all the people that worked there were older men, you know, and I was the woman that traditional car business, traditional. It was just really crazy. And I could hear them kind of just talking like, Oh, like, Oh, she's here taking all that. And they would always like look at me and you can hear him talking shit. And I remember just passing by and say, Hey, good morning. Pretend like I didn't hear anything. And I was like, man, like it started sometimes like that noise starts getting to you. So what happens? I did the stupidest thing in the world. When that happened, when I started started getting, you know, in, in my skin, you know, I was like, what can I do? So I went and I bought the freaking four-bedroom house, expensive house with the pool and all this other stuff. And I don't even know how I qualified for this house because I know now for a fact that today I wouldn't. Back then... <laughs> Anybody could qualify for anything. I know they did some illegal shit. I just gave them my freaking information. Like They're giving loans out like Oprah Winfrey. You get a loan. You get a loan. Everybody got loans. And I was like, man, like, and one thing I'll tell you, like, because of my work ethic, because of my word, because of I've always said what what I'm going to do, I do. Like, I never missed a payment. I was always there. And every time the noise got louder, like, I would go. And then I got an investment property. And then I got this. And I'm like, I started getting into debt at a very young age. So it forced me to keep working hard and hard and hard. And um, I just kept excelling in the car business. And uh, they just kept promoting me and promoting me and promoting me. And, uh, and that's how I basically, like, I started doing really well. Um, and I ended up moving to Oklahoma. I met Andy. And uh, and I actually was the one that kept getting promoted. I met Andy. And he had been a used car sales manager for over 10 years in the same position and I was like dude what are you doing like I've been in the car business for freaking you know less than two years and I've been promoted like five different times like what's wrong with you he's like what do you mean what's wrong with me like I do better than everybody in my family what's I'm, I'm thinking like I'm the ballsy entrepreneurial you know person that so, was like shit like, here's, here's something that I would I just want to get on record I know you and Andy have probably talked about it but just for the Uncloser podcast Andy was working at a was it Hudeberg? Back then, yes. When the one that you where you guys met yes. first met, yes. So he's at Hudeberg. You know that's the mile long store, right? And it was okay. yeah. They had a lot of different stores. He was at the he was at the Chevy store. I was at the Toyota store at the time. And so like when when you first cross paths with Andy, what was that like? Just just take just take us back for just a second. Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> I didn't really know who Andy was. I mean, I remember like. You know, he used to work at the at the used car uh, side, and I used to work for Toyota. You know, and I was doing finance, and it actually helped me to help 
build the BBC department, which I had done that years and years before, you know, and I had experience with that. So I'm telling them, sure, I'll help you guys build that. So um, at the Toyota store, they weren't selling a lot of cars, but I was helping them kind of build that department. So um, they were basically like set cross selling, you know, some of the cars. So yeah. I ended up going over there and then come back. I don't even know how he got my phone number. <laughs> um, well, Andy's a closer, so yeah, but it wasn't like I never really paid attention to him that way. And I didn't even think he did either. I think he said he noticed me, but I didn't really know who he was. Somebody was mentioning his name, oh Andy Elliot something. And I'm like, who's that? And they're like, the guy, the guy that's like that's like buff. And I'm like, who? And then he's like, <laughs> the tan guy. And I'm like, oh, the tan guy with frosted hair and like the fake tan guy. I'm like, yeah, it's a fake tan guy. And Andy had a whole different style. He had oh, hair. Yeah. He used to dress in a tie, no socks. He's never worn socks. Um, and you know, obviously the tight clothes was always that, but he had frosted tips, you know, he had the frosted tips. And all of that. So anyway, it was one of those, one of those things where, you know, um, we ended up crossing uh, paths, you know, in at work, but I, I was one of those corporate girls. I never talked to anybody at work. Like it was just my rule. Yeah. Um, and I was not going to be, cause I saw a lot of girls that did and they didn't have the best reputation. So I always try to stay away from that. Now I know that there's a lot of people that meet their match there. And I actually met Andy that way. So it works out. But, yeah. but uh, I was, I had the idea in my head that I was like, never going to do that. So I was just constantly like, Doomp, just focused on work. But, um, you know, we actually ended up uh, talking later on. I actually got a job offer at Harley Davidson and I actually ended up working for them. But he, uh, so we never really worked together, you know, until we got married and we started team selling and fast forward like years and years. And then kicking ass, just kicking, kicking ass. everybody's ass. But, uh, but he was actually really, really nice. He didn't have the best reputation. Um, people were like, oh, don't you dare talk to Andy. You know who, he, I mean, no everybody, was, everybody was telling me. Andy was like, wedding crashers the movie on steroids like it was he was like had the worst reputation he would tell me stories when we first got <coughs> together of things he used to do with girls and i was just like dude do you want like why are you telling me this are you trying to scare <laughs> me away he's like well you're my best friend i need to tell you everything and i'm thinking like oh, dude, the old the old, like, the old best would, friend clothes it was yeah it was it was crazy but like i i made i drew a really hard line in the sand in the very beginning i'm like hey andy like listen like I, th there's a lot of good, bad people in the world. There's also a lot of good people in the world. Listen, if you ever do something to me, I'm not going to be one that's going to be like, hey, Andy, like, why did you do this to me? I don't deserve this. Like, like, I'm not going to ask you why. I'm not going to, you're just not going to see. Yeah, you're baby. just going to bounce. I'm just, yeah, well, I'm here in Oklahoma right now. Shit, I, I only thought I was going to be here for a year and a half. I've been here way longer than I need to anyway. So you just won't see me again. It's very simple. And he was like, oh, shit, she's serious. I'm also the first brunette he ever dated. No kidding. That's crazy. Right? I actually, I didn't know that. Yeah, you learn lots of things in a young. Yeah, you, you you learn you learn everything. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, no, yeah. So then you you and Andy start talking. You know, later on down the road, you guys start team selling, and then you know you guys just absolutely kicked ass. I mean, just a dynamic duo. Well, yeah, but we weren't always a dynamic duo in business. Yes, um, but I went through a lot of different stages in my life. I think um, you know, as in the beginning, it was like me making him like stretching him to get uncomfortable. And then it went from me being the ballsy one that was willing to take chances and, and do stuff and not really think about it and kind of figure stuff out to then having children and doing all that and kind of slowing down and roles reversing and just, you know, all of that. So I had to rediscover myself because I forgot who I was and my identity along the way. So I had to I had to relearn that and remember that and and just, you know, 
learn to be proud of myself again. Cause I went through a stage where I was just like the mom and I was always taking care of everybody and walking around, not taking care of myself, not showering, not, not fixing my hair, not doing anything for myself. So I had to relearn all of that. So, um, with the Elliot group, I mean, I think that it was the reason why we're scaling and growing is because we're recreating ourselves like almost on the daily. So it makes it, it makes it cool. So I think, uh, that's, that's why, that's why People say we're killing it. Well, no, we're just trying to freaking make ourselves, to stretch ourselves to be yeah, different. Try, try, trying to yeah. trying to figure out what's what's the next uh, what's the next challenge? Because I'm I'm all about and this this is this is weird. This is you know, this is kind of like what you went through. Like I, I do self inflicted adversity, which is like it's controlled, but like it just makes me want to work harder. Yeah. Like as as you know, when I first got in the car business, it was like you know I was making a little bit of money, and they're like, dude, if you want to work harder, go get into some debt. And the first thing I did, yeah. bought a car. Yeah. Next thing you know, I got a payment, got insurance, you know, got all these things. And I'm like, oh my God. And then the next thing they're like, hey, stop driving 50 minutes, you know, buying a, you know, get an apartment that's 10 minutes down the road. And I'm like, I don't know if I can afford that. They're like, you're in the, you're in the car business. And then, you know, get, get the apartment. Next thing you know, for some reason, it's yeah. almost like it's just destiny. You start working a little bit harder, you make a little bit more money and you're always able to cover it. That's cool. But you know, what's cool. Like one, one of the things that kind of helped me is me being raised in Mexico for a long time in my life. In Mexico, it's like you're either have the right last name, like where you're going to get like, you know, even how you're going to, it's almost, it's not arranged marriages, but if you see like a hot girl, like say you're, you have a good last name, say Hagerman is like the last name and you're like belong to a wealthy family and you see the most beautiful girl, you know, and she's like walking down the street, you're going to look at her and if she doesn't look like the right last name or she doesn't belong to the right family, you're going to be like, oh, she makes a good, you know labor worker's wife she'll make a beautiful one for that and you're just gonna walk right past her you're not gonna give her the time of the day and that's how it works in mexico it's all about connections and it's all about your last name okay. so when i came to the states and i realized that you don't need to have the last name you don't need to have like really the and of course relationships now as we've gotten bigger and we've grown we learn relationships are super important but to start something here in the states Especially in sales, man, you can do whatever it is that you want and there are no limits. You just have to be loud and passionate, you know, make people notice you and you'll get shit done. You can be the best juggler in the street and just do that and make freaking videos and you're going to create a following and you're going to make money and you're just going to be the best at it. And it's amazing, the opportunity. A lot of people don't understand that. That's why a lot of people that sit there and they can't figure out a way to make money. I'm just like, dude, I need to shake you throw you into a little village in Mexico or in another country somewhere else. You'll learn how to make some money you fast. you will get, get your ass back over here and you will be like, oh my gosh, you need a different lens sometimes. And I think that's what's empowered, I think, me and a lot of people, a lot of immigrants that come to this country, you know, see that and they're like, oh my gosh, like, hey, this is the land of opportunity. And it's in sales, you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have education. You don't have to have anything. You just have to want something and want to keep learning and self-develop yourself i mean the world is your library you're gonna you're gonna pick it up i mean if you want to know you'll know 100 google's i mean shit, you ask them anything in two seconds you'll have the answer yeah you got anything. google chat gpt youtube i mean that's how the elliot group was grown was through youtube youtube exactly and so like it, it it's crazy i remember you know we, when you talk about Mexico, I remember, you know, the first time that I ever drove through Nogales. Yeah. And I was like, it's beautiful, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Colorful. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, I was just sitting there and I was like, oh my God. And I remember, you know, asking, I was like, do people like 
like people they, wow like they actually like that's the way that they live and you're like yeah they get close to the border then you know that's where they stop well, there's a lot of people in like Nogales. There's a lot of locals, obviously, but yeah. a lot of people come from other countries. I mean, Mexico is is not like the United States, but there is a lot of money in Mexico, and there's a lot of you know people that come from lots of different places and find the land of opportunity. A lot of people get stuck in these border towns. They're trying to get to the United States, and they spend the rest of their life. They can be from Guatemala. They can be from all these different countries along the way to try to get to that American dream. And they use Nogales as a pit stop, basically, exactly. but they end up living there forever. So a lot of people use these border towns, which is sad, and they trash them, you know. But there's a lot of nice places in Nogales if you look for them and all that. But if you're going through the border, you're driving, you're seeing the worst of the yeah. worst. And, and, you know, and it, it, it's just kind of heartbreaking. But I like taking you guys, like, that experience and going to, yeah, we can catch a flight and fly into, like, a, but I wanted you guys to see that. And that way, when we get to that beautiful part in Mexico, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is oh, paradise. Yeah. And I want you to know how lucky you really are. Because every time we take those trips and every time we go through that and you drive through those places, you're ready to kick some ass. And Hell when you yeah. get a freaking week. It made, me, it made me eternally grateful for the opportunities, you know, that we have here. And so, ultimately, you know, like, one thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, after after everything that, you know, you, you started with life, you know, you got everything with Andy. Next yeah. thing you know, the beginning of the Elliott group and, you know, just to kind of, you know, make it quick. I know that I was I was one of the first guys, you know, to be brought onto the team, which is yeah, crazy. You were to be. one of the ballsy ones that decided to come on. With. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that OK? Yeah, absolutely. So I know you're a product of the Elliott Group. You started training. You were in the car business. I know you made a lot of money, you know, with our training products and all that other stuff. You came to our seminars. You got your ass kicked. I still remember when, we, you know, we're on the driveway workouts and all that other stuff because we used to do that. The old driveway. Like, what is it that attracted you to want to be a part of the Elliott Group? Because I know you, you became good at selling cars. I mean, you were, like, the best at your dealership and all of that. And, you know, basically the best in your state from what I from what I know. What made you want to come and work with us? Or what? what is the reason why? Like, is it something that you felt like you were indebted to us because you did well? Or what is it that, what was the reason why Jacob wanted to be a part of the LA group? I'll simply say this. There was nobody in my entire life at that time that I've ever met or have met since that had such a profound sense of belief in a direction and a mission and a sense of core values of what they were going to accomplish. Now, when I first talked to Andy and uh, he offered me the opportunity, it was literally like a seven-minute phone call. I was like, all right, I'm there. Like, I didn't, we didn't talk about money. We didn't talk about where I'm going to stay. We didn't talk about nothing. I was like, all right, I'm there. Because of the way, like, Andy in the seminars, Andy, when I talked to him on the phone, when he just randomly called me, because at that time, I mean, we weren't training that many people. Like, Andy would just, what up, dude? <laughs> and yep. so... When, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he told me, like, hey, listen, like, I want you to be a part of the team. Like, you know, like, I'm only going to offer this to you one time. Like, don't ask me, you know, in a year, five years when we're killing it. Like, this is the one time. And I'm like, dude, I'm there. Like, done. And um, it, it, <gasps> and you showed up in your your Mustang. That was loud, I mean, as, loud hell. as hell. Hey, listen, in Arkansas, there's no, there's no emissions law. So I was just, I was just that ripping That was it. crazy. It was crazy. I'm glad I got rid of that, you know. <laughs> but ultimately... There was just never anybody that I met with such a profound sense of belief that they have a mission that is going to get accomplished. And I was like, listen, I could 100% put all of my eggs in this basket, which is crazy. Like, and still to this day, all of my eggs are in this basket simply because like there's still that same sense of belief as of day one, as of day, you know, 
3000. The newness hasn't worn off. And it never will simply because of how fast we change, you know, with the company. And, you know, I've had people, you know, be like, Hey, like, that's like, don't do that. Like, that's a fault, you know, like to put all your eggs in a basket. And I'm like, what are you, what are we talking about here? Like you, like, let's say like your heart broken, you're going to get, you know, all of this stuff, whatever, who cares? But that's, that's, that's like, that's like looking at like Noah's Ark and being like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to get on that boat. What are we talking about? The flood of average is, is coming. And it's it's just getting worse. What if average is everywhere? Yeah, and, and it's crawling on you. It's it's everywhere. And I just want to say this: like the Elliot Group for me was like the arc that was able to take me from you know just some immature kid in Arkansas who's making a little bit of money, you know, doing pretty good, not knowing what direction he had in life. Other, other like I was literally just going to be car business till I die, and like that's all I, all I was going to do, and like that's all I knew because I was like, oh, I can stay here for so long and just make money, yeah. and then the belief hit, and then purpose behind it it was like Andy was like hey listen if you get good at this you stay consistent you go through the grind it's not going to be pretty you're probably not going to make any money for a while like you like you might lose the car like we got but you you didn't lose the car yeah no and so like it, it was one of those deals where you know I was just like all right cool let's get it simply because like I was young enough to where I can make massive life mistakes and I'm still okay like some people, like you know, they they see the the they see an opportunity and they like, well, what if? Like they look at the what ifs instead of what is. That's true. And what has what has allowed you? Like I know, like you've 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 made some you make really good money for a kid your age. And yeah. I say kid because you could be my kid literally. Like that's how young you are, and that's how old I am. But like, what keeps you grounded? Like, what makes you like? You know, a lot of kids I see. Like your age, they go and they make some money and then they go and make stupid mistakes. They go get drunk or go get drugged or go do stuff. Like yeah. what keeps you, and then we started this by saying you're a young soul, right? But what keeps you like like following that mission and following the core values and following like who you are to keep you scaling? Because a lot of kids, they can't do that. They make some money or they'll meet the girl and then, you know, all this stuff gets messed up. What keeps you like going on a straight line? I'm, I'm simply going to say this, like... For the longest, did I just start asking you questions? Yeah, I'm you did. I, I no, I like it. I like it. You know, no, you know. I'm, I'm gonna say this. You know, for the longest, I chased money because I grew up without it. Like a profound sense of mm. being poor. Yeah. Like no heat in the no heat in the winter. Like having to go chop wood and like burn it like in a corner of the house <laughs> on the tile linoleum. And that's nothing. I mean, what you've gone through is like way more than that. But yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's just. And, and so I've, I went through you know never having anything, and then I got the money and you know i had a really like deep talk with myself i was like well i got the money now and like it, it didn't make me any bit happier it didn't make me any bit you know crazier but what i will say is what i was able to do with the money is what like sent led me to a sense of like newfound fulfillment and so like for me right now it's like yes do i want to make a lot of money absolutely do i want to have it to where i can set up generational wealth absolutely my mindset now you know at 23 is I'm doing all the preliminary work, like the Genesis work, like the beginning of my book of, you know, so one day when I do have a family, I've done all of the work. So then when I show up and I have, you know, a wife and kids, I know that I'm not going to end up like my father where we're going to grow up without. I know that I've taken care of business and I have the right network of people around me because it, it, I truly, you know, it takes a village. It truly does. Yeah. Like, that's one thing I love about, you know, our team is like everybody brings their kids up here. And like, I love that. Because one day when I have a family, I want to be able to bring, you know, my family here. Yeah. But also the kids wanna... love you, by the way. You have yeah, that. it's it's I don't know. But every single every single person's kid, they just love me. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I have no idea why. And like, I, I love well, it. You, you have know? that blood, you know, it's like you have that, you know, 
I'm just Uncle Jacob for Uncle everybody. Jacob, yeah, and to Ian, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the older brother to, to, yes. to, the, to your three. Yes, that's true. But you have a, a special heart when it comes to, you know, the kids. Yeah, they're just, awesome. they're, the, they're the purest things ever, you know. But, yeah, like, it's just, for me, it's just, it's not about the money anymore. It's about the impact that you can do with it. And I just don't want to get caught up in what everybody else gets caught up in. And you, that's you, what scares me. You've realized that you can have it all at a very young age. And that's something that we try to shake into everybody's head and be like, hey, you know what? Like, you can't, you don't just chase money. Like, you can chase a good life. It's, it's a lifestyle. But also, you can be a good person. You can be a good dad. Exactly. You can be a good husband. You can be a good boyfriend. Whatever it is that, whoever it is that you are. Like, just find fulfillment in everything that you do. It's part of your identity. Just being a badass doesn't have to be at one thing. You can be a badass at everything. Damn right, and that's that's what you that's what you are, and that's what you're becoming every single day, and, and that's what we all strive to be every single day. So that's why, you know, that's that's why we're going. I think hundred percent, and you know, I think you know, and not that I, th you know, I'm just gonna say this. I know it's simply because we show up like we're just we're just we're just teaching people what we're going through consistently, and you know, sometimes people are ahead of us. We learn from them, and you know, we grow. But you know, a lot of people, you know, are looking up like, "Oh my God! Like, I want that. What Andy has, I want what Jacqueline has, I want what some of the guys have." Willing to put in that work. And yeah, some people aren't. And then the ones that raise their hand and says, "Hey, listen, like, I'm ready to put in the work. I'm ready to, you know, learn. I'm ready to train. I'm ready to recreate." You know, those are the people that you know, like, uh, you know, Andy. I, I like to say this. You know, Andy's, you know, the shepherd for the lost, and. It's a com combination, I think, especially when I see you, is I see there's this there's this very high level of confidence that you carry, but also vulnerability to be able to trust us and knowing that we're going to help lead you and tell you when you're wrong. So you have to, like, drop your ego, but also build, have that confidence. It's a, it's a very, very fine balance. It's a weird dichotomy to play. It is, it is, but, but it's, it's perfect, and that's what, that's, that's what makes you a badass, that you can be coachable. That you can be told when you're wrong, but you also know that you have that confidence to be able to just carry yourself and keep growing and knowing that you're capable, which is the biggest thing that a lot of people absolutely. your age don't have. It's a beautiful thing. And so I appreciate that so much. The kind words mean absolutely everything, but I do know this. We're running on a tight schedule. Yes. And so we're pretty much, you know. Got to go kick some ass. Got to go kick some ass. You know, we got to get after it. You know, it's, it's, I'm going to say this, it's, it's hard to, you know, get the CEO of, you know, of, of, you know, one of the biggest training companies in the world to come sit down for 40 minutes and be able to talk on the podcast. But you know what? Your boy did it. But I, I do want to say this, guys. Number one, Jacqueline is, you know, the absolute, like, number one figure in my life that I look to for inspiration, motivation, and just guidance when it comes to anything. And so first things first, if here's what I want you to do. Jacqueline has her own podcast, which we'll link in the comments. Drop your Instagram, which is at official Jacqueline Elliott, which we'll put across the screen. Guys, please go follow her simply because she's killing it. Go follow Andy, you know, and the deal is, is like you want to, if you dare, because if I you dare, a lot of shit that nobody wants to talk about. Well, you might get your feelings hurt a little well, if they're bit, but if they're listening, with love. if they're listening to this and they made it this far, they're liking it. Okay. And so at the end of the day, like the deal is, is if, if you want to learn what somebody knows, go figure out who was their mentor and go learn from them. I just made it easy for y'all. It's right here. Well, thank you. Okay. It goes both ways. I wish I was as smart as you at your age. I'm, I'm, I had to I'm make just, a shit ton of mistakes. I'm just blessed that I don't have to. Learn from <laughs> the old people's mistakes. I got it. Hey, that, hey, that's it. Hey, listen. A smart man learns from his own mistakes. The wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So you put a lot of people who have mistaken, a lot of people who have won, and a lot of people who have lost in your circle. You'll learn from them all. You live the greatest life of all three. 
I love that. And so that, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to soak up information from everybody. But guys, I just want to say this. I absolutely love you. Thank you for listening to this episode. This is something that like just means near and dear to my heart, being able to chop it up with Jack and for a little bit. So make sure you follow her on Instagram. Guys, shoot me a text if you want to reach out. Get started with some Elliot training. Be able to get around people like Jacqueline, like Andy, and the rest of the team at 501-504-4835. It's my personal cell. Like, it's, it's my phone. You'll text it. The message just shows up blue. So shoot me a text. I love you guys. Let's rock and roll. Continue to kick ass. We out. I like getting money. I got time to get it. Target on me, so my car's a tenant. Dancing with the devil, I don't bargain with it. Bobbing in the dash and the stick is with it. And I hit the 4-5 on the wet.